Hey everyone, I'm here today with Amy Hafner, otherwise known as Organic Amy. And she's been cool enough to join me today and we are going to be talking about some fun things including a little bit about her background and how she came to uh, living this healthy, conscious lifestyle. So Amy, thanks for joining me. Tell me a little bit about um, yourself and where you're from and and what your story is. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it. I am, my name is Amy and I'm originally uh, born and raised from Cleveland, Ohio. And now I reside in Tampa, Florida. I grew up, I guess my, what I graduated, what I went to school for was marketing. So my background was in market, marketing and journalism and uh, married my husband who was a professional athlete and had to kind of leave my career and he retired in 2013. So I just kind of wanted to pursue some of my passion, some of my interests, which kind of morphed into, you know, I work for an organic skincare company and I love to write. I love to write, you know, uplifting things, things that kind of empower people to live a, a healthier life. Mm-hmm. And that's what Organic Amy, your blog is about, right? Yeah. My, I guess, mission statement would say empowering people to le- live a healthier life with a sovereign spirit, a strong soul and strong body. So that's awesome. Those three things. Yeah. And so, um, what do you feel like ultimately kind of motivated you to pursue this type of lifestyle? Like there, was there a point in your life that, uh, was maybe like a turning point for you or did you grow up kind of living this way? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my father was a podiatrist growing up. So in the medical, you know, field and all of my, you know, aunts and uncles are, are really work in the, the medical field, pediatricians, they work in hospitals, everything like that. And when I was in seventh grade, I went in for my, you know, seventh grade checkup or my, my well check appointment and had a reaction, uh, to a vaccine. And I know that's a super controversial, uh, issue and, you know, topic, but it, it is what happened to me. Uh, I spiked a super high fever of like 104, had some difficulty breathing. They thought I had fifth disease because I developed this really bad rash all over my body. And I was a really sick kid. Like I was, uh, that year, I mean, I got sick. I think I was out over 20 days, the first half of school. And, wow. you know, they wanted to start me on cortisone and steroids and, you know, the, the typical protocol. And my father was doing continuing education classes and was, you know, look, doing some, naturopathic type work and happened to be studying homeopathy, doing a class on homeopathy and, uh, kind of started patching me up that way. And that kind of took him, you know, to step out of the box and just look at medicine and look at living healthy in a different way. Mm. So I remember being, you know, 12 years old and we went to like Amish country to buy half a cow or something like that. And and all my friends thought I was like the weirdest kid ever, but just, you know, eating cleaner then. And, uh, and that kind of really started that path. I mean, I Mm -hmm. wasn't, it it really didn't morph into what I am today until obviously I got pregnant and started, you know, having kids, you know, makes you look at things in a totally different way, but that's really what happened. So do you think that your dad was like, you know, was he really 
kind of shocked or surprised when you had this reaction because, you know, he probably was very trusting of the system and of vaccines. Was this something that he was like really upset by? I mean, did he instantly assume it was the vaccine? It was like that fast or? He he didn't instantly assume. Um, It it was something where he put thing two and two together and and just started looking and digging into medical research and Mm. and digging back to what he learned um, in medical school. And I I remember, you know, he he speaks on a whole nother level than me. He's he's a very smart man. But I, I remember him saying something that they were taught that um, and, and if I say this incorrectly, just bear with me because I am not a doctor, but, um, <laughs> but basically no infant, you know, when you're born, you get all of your, uh, immunity from your mother's breast milk. That, right. That's how you develop. Is it antigens or, you know, yes. whatever that, mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. And it's not until, and they don't know exactly when, but between six months and a year that your body is actually able to make those antigens. So, and that's what a vaccine does. You know, they inject you and then you know, your immune system kind of wakes up and Responds, says, hey, yeah. let's make a, a code, I don't know what to call it, but to fight this this disease. But you can't even make any until six months. Mm-hmm. And so really before, and, and we see so many of the reactions six months and under, and really there's no benefit to giving a baby under six months anything. And really, you know, they know around a year is when most children start that starts happening. So that was kind of like his first thing. He's like, I remember learning this in medical school school. And then I don't, you know, I was 12, so I don't remember the research he was doing, but he definitely inspired me to just question everything, question food, question, you know, medicine, question everything. Yeah. And, and it must've, um, you know, it, it must've been, or wait a minute. I don't even know where I was going. Um, okay. (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, okay. So what was the particular, um, vaccine? Do you remember which one it was? Yeah, it was the MMR. Okay. So, and you know, it's, it's interesting because the rash that I developed, you know, started kind of just around from my knees down and then slowly grew up my body. And I'll never forget the day I was in Mrs. Dunn's seventh grade home economics class. This is how like much I remember it. And this girl, her name was Melissa Bramley was sitting across the table from me and she goes, Amy Beekman, that's my maiden name. What's wrong with your face? (laughs) And I was like, I had no idea. And that rash had spread and was all over my face. And the teacher immediately sent me down to the school nurse and the school's nurse was like looking at me and was like, I don't know if it was a school nurse or then my, my mom picked me up from school and took me to the doctors and they, they wanted to test fist disease, which I think is a respiratory disease of some sort, which causes a rash. But I ended up not having that. And, you know, they really didn't know. They, they thought it was dry skin, but this rash looked kind of freaky. I mean, it kind of looked like the measles. Right. Exactly. So then fast forward, you're, you're working with your father. He's working with you to help, um, probably like detox and rebuild your immune system. And then you go on to be, you know, you're in college and that stage of life. Are you, how is your health at this point? So it, he really from seventh grade through probably my sophomore year of high school is he, I really went through this like detox, I would say, but mm. I, I was pretty much 
much better by 10th grade. Um, and then I went away to college and <laughs> I hate to say this, but you know, me being healthy in college was not eating bread. Cause right. that was when like the Atkins diet came out okay, and it was yeah. like, just stay away from carbs. And my dad was like, <laughs> stay away from carbs. So that was me being healthy in college. Um, it, I really wasn't, uh, the epitome of health by any means, but I do remember I never really got sick. Like I had never taken an antibiotic. I, you know, of course I would get sick like any other kid, but it wasn't, I definitely had a stronger immune system for sure. And then, so you met your husband, you got married and you started a family and you feel like that was really the big turning point for you is when you started to have children that you started maybe to take a closer look at everything. Right. Absolutely. I, you know, some people are very against Facebook. They are like, Facebook's the devil. But, you know, Facebook really did bring a community of conversation. And, you know, you can see what other people are doing. Now, you know, Facebook, you don't want to take everything as, you know, absolute truth by any means. But right. there, there's definitely conversations going on. And you can see what's happening in other people's lives. And it, it, it does bring people, you know, closer together. So I think it was a combination of, okay, now I'm going to start a family. I want to start a family. Um am I really healthy? Am I healthy enough to have a baby? Am I healthy enough? Is my, you know, is my son going to be healthy? Cause I had, I have three boys. Is my son going to be healthy? Am I doing everything right? Um, you know, I don't know what's going on in there. And I knew nothing about pregnancy, by right. any means. you know, none of us do, I guess really yeah. our first time we go through it. Uh, so that really just made me look into so many things from, you know, the birthing process to what I was eating to, you know, everything. So tell me a little bit about your births because you have three boys and were, you said two of them were home births, right? Yes. So the first one was like a regular hospital birth or? Yeah. Well, it started out, I, um, you know, I asked, you usually ask your girlfriends, uh, you know, unless you're really close to your mom or you ask your mom, your aunt, your girlfriends, that's kind of how you get referrals. And uh, my husband was playing at the at the time. So I decided I was going to use the team, um, OB, okay. uh, and also a, a wife on that team who was also very, you know, I would say earthy crunchy is what I like to say, but, uh, <laughs> said, Amy, you really need to have a doula. And I was like, a doula, what's a doula? I mean, how do you even spell that? <laughs> and, uh, made me or set up a meeting with her name was Ray, Ray Schmidt. And, and myself. And after meeting with her and my first meeting with her was at like 24 weeks. Okay. She said, I really think you need to hire a midwife instead of an OB. And the hospital that, uh, my OB was at had the like highest C-section rate, um, in kind of in, I think the County or the second highest. And this was in Cincinnati in Cleveland, Cleveland. Yes. Okay. And they were opening a holistic birthing center at one of the hospitals and they had a a midwifery group. And she said, I really, really like this midwife. Will you at least look into it? And I went over there and I remember just thinking, wow, I, it's, it's different, you know, right. There's definitely, you spend a lot more time with the midwife. I felt like it wasn't as, you know, I, I felt every time that I went into the OB's office, almost every time I was getting like an ultrasound they had like an ultrasound machine and I I Mm. knew you didn't want to get too many ultrasounds like I knew that wasn't necessarily a good thing I didn't know why or any reason at the time but um I ended up having uh in their well I wanted to go into their holistic birth center at this hospital and when I 
went into labor finally, you know, and it was right at 40 weeks. I, um, I, I opted out. I got to the hospital and, uh, looking back now, I, I was dehydrated cause I had been, I, I went in for my 40 week appointment that morning and my midwife told me, Amy, you know, you're having contractions. Like they were about seven minutes apart cause they'll hook you up to the belt. Mm. And she's like, you'll probably have this baby sometime tomorrow. You know, it's your first. And, I, but in my mind, I was so nervous. I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm in labor. I'm going to have this baby. Right. So I probably went into the hospital one too early. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I um, was dehydrated because I got nervous. I wasn't really Mm -hmm. drinking or eating for the rest of that day. And what was happening was the heart rate was the same. So when you have a contraction, you usually want to see the heart rate go up. And I almost, they almost C-sectioned me. And I was literally at the hospital for five minutes, but my doula was with me. And when they weren't looking, she said, Amy, take, take this. And she gave me a teaspoon of agave honey, which I don't know the glycemic index on that, but basically within a minute, all of a sudden the heart rate normalized. So I had low blood sugar, but I thought like how many women are immediately C-section because maybe they had that same thing. Their their blood sugar was low, the heart rate, you know, they're, you're, you're in fetal distress or something like that, but you really could just have a spoonful of honey, obviously not always, um, by any means, but that was the case with me. And sure enough for the rest of that labor, she was giving me a teaspoon of honey the rest of the time, but the pressure from the OB, which wasn't my OB, um, because all midwives had to be under an OB. Uh, I mean, they tried to C-section me like three times and ended up having the baby, um, naturally. And it, and it was pretty good. You know, it was typical first labor and walked to the the nurse's station at like 3 a.m. and I started talking to this nurse and she had had she had seven babies wow. and five at home and she looked at me and she said, "Amy, your next one will be at home. Don't come back here. You don't need to be back here." And this is a nurse who works there. And sure enough, she, I think it was her comments and just no having that confidence because it's mm-hmm. kind of scary you know yeah. like could the baby die you know all these this fear right. that goes through your head yep but no and it made me look into home birth the mm-hmm. next time and my home births were amazing it's so interesting to me how you know life works and for you you know how god really was working in your life at that time because um you know, some of the things that we don't think we would ever do or, or we're not even really conscious of, they get put in your path, whether you want them to or (laughs) not, you know? And, and it's like, I, I encourage women so often to do the research before you're in the situation so that you're not in a position of, you know, making, uh, your decisions based out of fear or, really just there, there are so many unknowns, but it's hard with your first child because you just, you don't know what to expect. And I know even for myself going in, even though I did have a home birth the first time, there was a lot of fear there. And, and I know that that affected my labor, but, um, that's, that's just so neat how it really worked to bring you where you are today. And then, like you said, you went on to have your, your last two children at home. And Amy is like one of those women that, (laughs) that it's so funny to me because what were your labors like you were in labor like 45 minutes weren't you for your last night my, my first one I was 
you know, hard labor, you know, above five for maybe 45 minutes. It it was really quick. And I remember being in transition and telling my doula, same doula, um, I think this could be false labor. And she goes, Amy, I think you need to call your midwife because you're going to have this baby, you know, within an hour. And I was like, no, I'm fine. (laughs) Um, But it it was, it, it, it is such a mind game labor Mm -hmm. I mean there there's moments of labor I mean I I don't want to like lie to anybody where you're like wow that was legit but there was there was never a moment where I was like okay I can't handle this like forget it you know I was that's incredible I was prepared I guess and um and I I did have a lot of support yeah thank god for your doula right do you still keep in touch with her you know yeah so she had a uh, attended over a thousand births and you know when you're interviewing doulas and there's always doulas who are trying to get their start so I never want to say like don't hire a doula who you know you're it's their first birth or anything like right. that because everybody has to get their start somewhere but my doula had over had attended over a thousand births and she could tell me by the noises that I was making or the way that I was breathing how many centimeters I was and she was dead on I mean she mm-hmm. she was so I laugh. I was like, you should have just delivered my baby because, you know, and I, lo- I did love my midwife, but she really got there, you know, and delivered they just the come baby. in to catch the baby, basically, yeah. you know, a lot of them, which is kind of how it should be, you know, if everything's going smoothly. But um, yeah, I think having the the right support around you during that time, like having a doula, having um, obviously a midwife or a doctor that really supports what it is that you want is, is the key because right. in that situation, I think number one, that's what you need. You need people who are supporting you and, and what you want. So that's awesome that you got to experience that. Um, so do you feel like as you started to, you know, cause I, I totally get it how it's like really an evolution of sorts that you don't really wake up one day and you're like, Oh, I'm going to live this mindful, conscious, clean lifestyle. Like it takes time to get to, I think where we are today of just, you know, really having the understanding. And do you think that as you started to evolve into that and your friends and your family saw how you were living, did you find that you lost friends or that, you know, maybe family disapproved of you and like you felt those pressures? For sure. There's definitely issues where my family and I, and not, you know, maybe not my, so much my immediate family, but you know, my family, my aunts, uncles, something like that, you you know, being in the medical field that that they are, they're very different. Right. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like everyone is on their own journey. And mm. although maybe they're not where I am, I, I do see changes in their life. Uh, some of my friends, obviously, especially like my college girlfriends, who I would consider, you know, my some of my best friends were, were on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to how we raise our kids. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I really, really try not to let it affect my friendships, but in some ways it, it will, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it really will, or especially how they are interact, you know, with me and that's okay. And I, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I continue to pray. I continue to love on them as best that I can, because at the end of the day, like we all are trying to do what is best for our children. Right, I don't, exactly. I don't think there's like a, a twisted heart motive, like right. whether or not you eat, you know, 
cereal or eggs like you yeah. think it's because it's what's right for your ch- child or you know maybe r- what's right for your sanity that day so right um you know we try to meet people where they at mm. they're at and just encourage them to to grow you know however yeah. whatever that looks like uh, yeah I totally um I totally agree with you on that and I think that I know I have friends who will be like I think they'll be like you know trying to explain themselves why they're ordering what they're ordering if we're all out to eat or like oh no Sarah don't look or you know like they'll they'll get kind of uncomfortable and I'm like I'm not here judging you like I'm living this way regardless of what you guys decide to do you know and if you want help with anything I'm here but it's not like I look at you differently or you know I don't want to be your friend because you're raising your kids differently or because you are having hospital births with epidurals you know it's like ultimately at the end of the day you have to do what's best for you you know and and your children and your family and I think um I find that like the hardest part with family especially the aging members in the family, they are so dependent on the medical system. And, um, it's really hard to get them to be open to like looking at what they're eating or taking some sort of vitamins or supplements because to them, it's like normal as they age to have a drawer full of prescriptions, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's where I feel like I struggle the most with the family because, I'm like, well, you know, you could try taking this or doing that. And it's such simple things, but they become so dependent on the medical system that it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to change their mindsets, you know, around that. Yeah. I remember, uh, I stayed, I would always stay with my grandparents over like Christmas break and I went to the grocery store and I think I grabbed like an organic, you know, juice or something like that, which I probably wouldn't drink now because of the sugar. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. but at the time I was okay. right. And I remember my, my grandfather making a comment to me just saying like, oh, we went to something at the senior center where they compared like organic food to non-organic and there's no difference. It's oh, just no. more money. <laughs> and, um, and, and. And I knew I couldn't argue with him. And I was like, okay, grandpa, you know, love you. Yeah. I'm going to drink my juice, my expensive juice. Um, so it's, it is interesting. And, uh, but I do feel like there is definitely a shift, you know, mm-hmm. organic companies, businesses are growing right now at about 12% a year. It was the last, I remember Forbes article, I think that I read. So there is a trend because people are sick mm-hmm. and, you know, what what's the the U.S.'s infant mortality rate? I mean, we're like one of the worst. Twenty seventh in mother and and baby, yeah. For yeah. developed countries, we're like twenty seventh. Yeah, and you look at the the amount of our kids who have asthma and mm-hmm. I mean Allergies all the autoimmune and, diabetes yep. and ADHD and autism. Like yep. there has to be, you know, is it better better diagnosis? I I don't I don't know if I really believe that. I, I think there is there is something to it and people are waking up yep. and they are going out and they're being their own advocates and mm-hmm. that's what's cool. Yeah. That I totally, totally agree that there is a trend of people starting to to ask for other alternatives and to look for them and and I think that that's really awesome that um people are open and they're starting to want to do more of their own research. And I think that that's, that's the, the change that, you know, will hopefully continue. Um, what would you say are, um, 
you know, some resources of people maybe that have influenced or inspired you in your life, educated you, like, do you have maybe a person that you followed or a website or I don't know, share with us if there's anything that's kind of been yeah. there for you. So Janet Levitin, I got really, really lucky. Uh, Janet Levitin was my holistic pediatrician. Uh, she, you can YouTube video her, you can follow her on Instagram or Instagram, Facebook. Uh, she now works, uh, for Dr. Sherry Tempenny in okay. Cleveland, Ohio, but she was, a a clinical pediatric, I, I think I'm saying this right. So she taught at Harvard, uh, super smart, was a regular MD for 30 years and saw just so much sickness in her office, started, you know, digging, doing research and, um, you know, went the holistic route and she, she's a, she's got a pretty amazing story and she's super smart. That's um, awesome. and, and I really, I really love her and, uh, you know, trust her opinion. Uh, I love Robin O'Brien. She is kind of like the, I would say the Erin Brockovich for GMOs. Uh, She's written a few books. Um, I got to hear her speak. She's was, um, in business. Like she was kind of like a, on wall street, almost super smart. And her daughter had a, a severe allergic reaction where she almost died and caused her to start digging into food companies and everything like that. And she's very, very passionate about it. And I, I think she's, she's great. Um, of course there's food, babe. We all oh, love yeah. food, babe. <laughs> I always feel like such a, like a horrible mom though. When I read food, babe, I'm like, Oh, I thought I was doing better. No, but you know, she is, she is, a. a a force to be reckoned with. I I do enjoy reading her and she always pushes me to, to do better. Um, and then there was one other one that I wanted to mention. Oh, uh, healthy mom project. It's, it's actually started in Cleveland, but she's starting to branch out. It's my friend Lauren and she was a neuro ICU nurse, I believe. And again, got really sick, got, um, had all these digestion issues. I think she has celiacs now, but she's a a friend of mine and she does a really good job. And I like her because she's, she's a mom who just meets people where they're at. Like Mm -hmm. she'll do like a healthy swap, like, you know, instead of this juice box, try the honest company juice box has less sugar. It's organic, you know, stuff like that. So she's not like, don't, don't ever give them touch anything. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, she's, she gives easy advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think those are some really good resources for people to look into and to start to kind of, you know, study some of the things that maybe they're, they've written book wise or, um, things that they're promoting. And, you know, it's not like you can just change everything in one day. And it's, it definitely takes time as both of us have experienced. And, I think you just start, you know, with what's right in front of you. Right. And like, you can start here and there with food, like you said, with, you know, exchanging maybe a higher juice for something that's organic and, and lower sugar, um, you know, some, or exchanging a juice that's higher in sugar for something that's organic and lower in sugar. Um, there's, you know, now there's so many snacks even from like chips and crackers that are cooked in like coconut oil instead of vegetable oils or the right. gluten-free, like, um, simple mills, you know, their crackers only have eight ingredients and there's like a lot of great alternatives to things if you look for them. And, and then even when it comes for like your home, 
products, things that you're cleaning with. And like I know with you, you do a lot with essential oils and giving people alternatives to, you know, cleaning products or mosquito repellent mm-hmm. or like, you know, there's like so many little things I feel like that we can do. Yeah. I, someone encouraged me once to pick one ingredient like every six months and get that out of your house. And I remember one of the very first ones, uh, probably when I was pregnant with my first son. So this was, you know, 10, 11 years ago was high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, it's corn. It's not sugar. You know, like right. I, didn't, I really didn't know. Right. And, uh, so I eliminated high fructose corn syrup from our house. And then I remember it was sodium lauryl sulfate. And, you know, that's a foaming ingredient in a lot of shampoos, sometimes toothpaste. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had no idea, you know, and and I know you're kind of passionate about this, like what I was putting on my skin. And I'm like, well, if I won't eat it, if I won't inject it into my body, why would I put it on my skin? So I look at one ingredient at a time and, you know, maybe it's one a month or one a year, but those little things add up and and really will make you healthier. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great way to approach it so that you don't feel like overwhelmed or, oh my God, I have to throw out everything in my house, (laughs) you know, and that can be pricey too. So, um, all right. So I have a couple of fun questions I want to ask you. Um, and these are just like rapid fire. So, um, what's your favorite food? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my favorite food is I, oh, um, I really like, okay, this is, I, I love French fries. I mean, not healthy at all. Right? <laughs> well, maybe if they're cooked in duck fat yeah, or something or like that. Or they're baked. Yeah. And, you baked. know, um, <laughs> but favorite food. And I, I really love, uh, fresh berries. Like I, I always have raspberries and blackberries in my house and I really love LS organic. Mm. Um, so I just go there and <laughs> yeah. so, but yeah, I, my favorite food is probably not a healthy food, but it's okay. I, yeah, you know, that's okay. It's okay. Where's the coolest place you've ever been? Mm, well, I love Italy, but mm-hmm. I'm going to Iceland next week, actually. So I, that'll probably be the coolest place. But Italy probably is the coolest place I've ever been. Cool. And what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. I like blue, too. Are you a morning person or a night person? That is a great question. So I would always say night, but something has, when I hit 35, something changed and now I'm more of a morning person. Morning. Yes. Just give me 10 minutes to wake up. (laughs) Don't talk to me for 10 minutes. My poor husband. (laughs) Um, So I am so glad that you came and joined me today and uh, shared some of your story. Tell everybody kind of where they can find you, where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, it's really easy. It's um, my website is organic Amy, Amy with a Y, A-M-Y dot com. Super easy to remember. Um, and you can find my blogs and all my social media there. Uh, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's organic Amy, really. Oh, on Instagram too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's organic, like underscore Amy. Okay. I think. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thanks for joining me and, um, thanks everybody for listening. I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me.